Hello and good evening, champions. Welcome to another edition of Refresh Bible Study, where we have been spending the last several weeks going through uh, our new partnership class. So thank you for each of you who are already on the broadcast. You guys know what to do. I already see many of you doing it. You're already coming in and you're already tagging our partners. You're already coming in and you've already told me where you're from. You told me that you're watching live. So I'll go ahead and just say this for those who may watch it later. If you're not watching this live, go ahead and hashtag replay. So that way we know you're watching on the replay. And if you're, if you're with me right now, go ahead and hashtag live. So I know that you're watching right now. Again, please make sure you like, tag and share our broadcast. Also, welcome to all of our first time visitors. Uh, whether you're in the United States on the West Coast or your mountain time, central time, eastern time, if you're some of our partners across the pond uh, and you're going to be watching this later, if you're in Germany, if you are in uh, the UK, if you are some of our South Africa partners, uh, and even one or two of our Australian partners, if you're watching this uh, later on at some point, let us know. So go ahead and hashtag where you are from. Let us know. And listen, instead of doing all of the announcements uh, like, I, like we normally do in the beginning, uh, I'm going to make sure that I get right into today's teaching uh, so that we can finish up. This is week three uh, of lesson eight. Uh, the first week I was supposed to have taught all of this in one week. And y'all know me, I can go a little long sometimes. And so I did not get that done. But I don't feel so bad because Pastor Ralph was doing it last week and he got the teaching so good that he didn't get it all done either. <laughs> and so tonight, I think we'll get it all done. So this is going to be uh, lesson number eight in our new partnership class. Uh, and it is part three. And it is around uh, what we believe and what we teach about tithing and about offering. And I know that there may be people who are new to the broadcast and you may have heard uh, lots of different things about tithing and about offering and whether you should or shouldn't do it. Again, this is new partnership class for those who are partners of Fellowship of Champions. It's what we teach. It's what we believe. If you believe something different, uh, that's OK. We don't we don't we don't have to argue uh, about that. But this is what we believe is what we teach. And this is what we've seen work in our lives. So we're going to get started tonight uh, talking about tithing offerings. Uh, I said two weeks ago when I first started teaching this that I believe in my heart that there is truly widespread misunderstanding about how money and giving impacts our lives as Christians. I know a lot of people like to say money's not important. Uh, you know, money's not a big deal. But the truth of the matter is none of us really believe that because we all in some shape, form or fashion exchange our time for money. And time is the most precious thing you can ever have. And so if we're exchanging our time for money, then money must have some importance. I also believe that there's a lot of wrong teaching on this subject. Uh, and as a result, it has kept people in bondage and has caused them to dismantle their relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, it's sad that people would, would, would walk away not only from the church, but from their belief in Christ uh, because they've had uh, erroneous teaching about money. And so what we want to do is make sure that we correct some of that uh, tonight. Listen, religion uh, teaches us that we have to perform 
many works of our own efforts in order for God to love and to bless us. And, and sadly, way too many churches have mistakenly brought that philosophy or that idea uh, into their way of thinking. And thus that same philosophy has crept over or seeped into what is taught about money. Namely, that we must somehow, we must tithe a certain amount or that God will punish us. Uh, and I want to tell you that as a person who grew up in a very um, charismatic Pentecostal kind of church, where they almost scared us into, into getting saved and scared us into living right. That is not how, how Christ wants us to operate. He doesn't want us to give because we're scared that if we don't, something bad is going to happen to us. He doesn't want us to, to do right because we think that he has some big red button in heaven that he's going to push, that's going to punish us if we don't do the right thing. And so what we want to do is we want to establish the foundation of giving from a framework of love. The truth is because of what Jesus did for us, you and I are no longer under the law, but we are under grace. And I talked about extensively two weeks ago about how if we're under grace, we really should be doing much more than the law, um, than if we were under the law, because when we were under the law, it gave us a minimum set of standards to live by. But grace came, Jesus came. He says, I didn't come to wipe away the law. He says, but I came to fulfill everything that's in the law and to give you a better covenant. And so when we give, we understand that it's no longer about us just giving money. It is actually an opportunity for us to authenticate our relationship with God. Why? Because money is important to us. And anybody who tells you that money is not important, they're not being totally honest because money is important. It's so important that the Bible even says money answereth all things. And so because money does have the answer for all things, meaning that in this temporal world we live in, money is our method of exchange. It's important to us, so therefore it becomes important to God. Why? Not because he needs our money. He doesn't. But it's an, op it's a, it's an opportunity for us to use what's important to us to show honor and respect to him. This is why we must choose between serving God and serving money. Uh, we talked about this two weeks ago in Matthew chapter six, verse 24, where the Bible says that we must choose, that we cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, you can't have two masters because the Bible says you will either love the one and hate the other or, or, or love this one over here and hate that one over there. You can't love them both. You know, there were some, some, some thoughts that people say things like, well, money is the root of all evil. Well, we know that that's not true because the Bible tells us on many occasions that wealth and riches would be in our house and God wouldn't put something in our house that was evil. However, the wrong relationship, having the wrong relationship with money is what is evil. And so we wanna make sure tonight that we understand what it is that, that our tithe and our offerings does for us and how it allows us to participate in the honoring of God and his church and his kingdom. So uh, we last week, I won't go through it all, myself and, and Pastor Raph have both given you already the definition of what it means to tithe. Uh, we both talked about the fact that before you ever tithe, before you ever give an offering, before you ever sow a seed, the thing that Jesus wants most from us is us. He wants us to give ourselves to him first. And we talked about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, 
verse one through five. If you if this is your first time here, go back and listen to uh, last week's teaching that Pastor Ralph did in the week before that. Uh, that I did on this very same subject, because one of the things that we see there is that the Corinthians, that what they did is that we, we noticed when Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, he talked about this group of people who was giving. He says, but before they gave, they gave of themselves. They gave themselves first to God. So before you ever uh, consider this idea of, okay, pastor, I'm going to be a tither. I'm going to be a giver. Please make sure you have given your life to Christ. You are much more valuable to him than all of the money in the world. And at Fellowship of Champions, we want to make sure people know that God loves you first. Then you use what you have to honor and to appreciate and show him uh, reverence and love back. And so then we talked about uh, how the tithe was established. And we went through a fairly lengthy discussion about that tithing did not come around just because of the law. Uh, we saw in Genesis 14, uh, verse 14 through 20, where, the, where in fact, uh, Abraham tithed before there was ever a commandment to do so. Why? Because it was a heart issue. And tithing is still about a heart issue. It's not just something that, that we're mandated to do. And if we don't do it, then somehow uh, God is going to uh, you know, cause all of this evil destruction upon us. Uh, what, tithing is our way to connect to the blessing. You know, the shirt I have on today, it says blessings on top of blessings on top of blessings. And you probably can't see it, but it says another one on top of blessings. Right. Well, how do we get those blessings to continually flow in our life by participating in the process and systems that God has set up for his kingdom? And then after that, uh, we talked about the purpose of the tithe. And when we started talking about the purpose of the tithe, we then got into these 10 things that I want us to get into tonight. And Pastor Ralph actually covered uh, number one and number two. So I'm just going to mention them and then we're going to jump right into the rest of them so that I make sure that I get this done in the next uh, 40 minutes or so. OK, so the first thing we said, Pastor Ralph talked about last week is he said the tithe is the first 10%. He used Deuteronomy 14 and 22, which says, be sure to set aside a 10th of all of your fields produce each year for the Lord. Now, I know people are gonna come and say, well, I'm not a farmer, so that, that can't apply to me. The, it's, it's not about whether you are a farmer, it was what they did for their resources. He was saying to them in the spirit of this letter, he says, hey, you set aside, be sure to set aside a portion of all of your resources each year, because that was when they gave their tithe. That's when they gave their offerings. He says, make sure you set something aside. So it's an established principle. And so at Fellowship of Champions, that's what we believe. We believe in tithing. We believe that 10% of all of our gross income belongs to the Lord. It belongs to his house. It belongs to his kingdom. It is for the, the work of the ministry. And we also believe that when we honor God with our tithe, that he is able to put his super on top of our natural. And he can do more in our lives with the 90% than we could do with the 100 now, people say, well, oh, I don't know about that, Pastor. Well, I'm like you. I didn't know about that either. But I tell you what, about 21 years ago, I made the decision. And my, some of you heard my wife talk about this on Sunday. I had talked about it two weeks ago, and, and, and she mentioned it again on Sunday. 
21 years ago, we made the decision that we were going to be tithers. We didn't care what it cost us. We didn't care what we were going to be out of. We didn't care what our family said. We didn't care what anybody had to say. We made the decision that we were going to trust God at his word, that we could not pick and choose which things in the Bible we were okay with trusting God for. We had to be all in. And when we, and I tell you that when we when we became all in for God, He has been all in for us. In 21 years, we have not missed a tithe. And in 21 years, I'm telling you, every year we've lived better and better than we possibly could if we had kept the entire hundred percent. And so the Bible says in Proverbs three and nine, it says to honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all of your increase. So we believe in honoring God. When we get a raise, we increase our tithe, not just our tithe, but also our giving. We believe in being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and hearing Holy Spirit when he says to sow into someone else's life, to sow into another ministry, to be a blessing here, to be a blessing there. Why? Because we believe that you cannot outgive God, that the more you give, the more God gives back to you. And all of that giving is predicated on being obedient to what he's asked us to do. And so that was number one. The tithe is the first 10%. You ought to be setting apart a part of your resources to give into God's kingdom. And then number two, we said that Pastor Ralph was explaining how the tithe belongs to God. Well, where did he get that from? Matthew 22 and 21, it says, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's and render unto God the things which are God. You know, it's interesting because someone was asking me one time about why uh, we teach at our church to tithe off of the gross and not the net. Well, and we explain it this way. When I go to work, I work and I get the gross. The reason I don't get to bring all the gross home is because Caesar doesn't trust me. The government doesn't trust me. They're going to come and they're going to get their state. They're going to come and get their federal. They're going to come and get their uh, FICA. Uh, child support is going to come get theirs if you got that. Uh, the insurance, you know, there's some benefits for, for paying pre-tax. They're going to get theirs. Listen, everybody's going to get theirs and then you get yours. <laughs> God says, look, I love you. I trust you. Uh, I want you to have the opportunity uh, to, to receive of this blessing. And so he says, here's what you do. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but still render unto God what is God's. So the tithe belongs to God. Pastor Sean explains it like this. He said, if the tithe belongs to God, then you don't get to determine where you want to put it uh, without God say so. So if God says, hey, this is a system I have for tithing, that you bring all of your tithe into the storehouse, you bring all of your tithe into the kingdom, then you don't get to decide, well, I don't want to give my tithe to my church. I'm going to give it to Habitat for Humanity. Uh, you don't get to make that decision because that's not what God's instruction to do. Now, what you can do is you can give your tithe and you can still sow or give into Habitat for Humanity or Big Brothers and Big Sisters or any other organization that God puts on your heart to be a blessing to. But we're firm believers that the tithe belongs to God. And the Bible even says uh, in, in, in the New Testament, there's a, a, a group of scripture where, where Jesus was talking to his disciples. And he basically says to them, he says, if you cannot be faithful over that which belongs to another man, then how can I make you a ruler over your own? In other words, he says, if you are not uh, proficient at making sure 
that you are able uh, to handle and do the things that you're supposed to do with someone else's resources, how can you be trusted to be given even more? And so number two, the tithe belongs to God. So that's what Pastor Ralph talked about last week. He said the tithe is the first 10% and the tithe belongs to God. So now let me give you number three, point number three. When it comes to the tithe, we present our tithe to Jesus. Okay. The Bible says in Hebrews seven and eight, it says here, mortal men receive tithe, but there he talking about Jesus Christ receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Well, pastor, what does that mean? In other words, in the old covenant, the people would present their tithe to the high priest. Today, we know that indeed Jesus Christ is our high priest. Therefore, we present our tithe to him. The Bible says in Hebrews 14 through 16, it says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. It says, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now watch this. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are. Yet he was tempted without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Jesus Christ is our high priest. And as our high priest, then what we do is we present our tithe to the high priest. Well, what do you mean? Do we actually uh, come and, and hand it to Jesus? No, Jesus doesn't need your money. I've said this many, many times before. You present your tithe in the same way you present your prayers. You do it through a heart of honor, through a heart of worship, uh, through a heart of, 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 of pureness. How? When I get my resources and I say, okay, I am a tither. I am taking my tithe to the place where I am worshiping. And that's the reason I say that you don't get to just give your tithe to Habitat for Humanity or someone else. It belongs to the place where you're worshiping. Again, people say, well, I don't believe that, Pastor Edwin. That is okay. Again, this is new. This is FOC, new partnership class. If you don't agree or you don't like it or you don't think that, I'm not going to fight you on it. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I'm going to tell you what we practice. I'm going to show you the blessings on my life as a result. And then you have to make the decisions to do what you do. Okay. So we present our tithe to Jesus. Notice that while tithing isn't about money, and I say this all the time, people go, well, you say it's not about money, but you're talking about money. What I mean is it's not just about money. Tithing is deeper than that. It's about honor. We honor God with our tithe when we present it to Jesus Christ. It's, an, it's, it's, it's in the same way that, that when we sing worship songs, we're honoring the Lord with our voice. We're honoring the Lord with, with, uh, with what's in our heart. Well, the same thing is true where my money is concerned. I, my, money is, my money is my money, but if I had every penny and dollar of every currency in the world and gave it all to Jesus, it wouldn't mean anything uh, if I didn't do it from a place of honor. If I didn't do it from a place of honor. Tithing is about honor. And in fact, if you're in this group tonight, you ought to type that in the comment section. Tithing is about honor. Listen, my wife and I, we will take our tithe and we will take our offerings and we will come together and we will pray over it before we give. 
Um, there are times that we're believing God for certain things in our personal life or in the ministry. We'll come together and we'll get our tithe, to, our tithe and offering together, uh, especially when we, when we were handwriting out checks before all of the electronic things came together. And we would take communion over that. We would take communion over it and say, Father, we thank you that it is a privilege. It's our privilege to be able to tithe, to be able to give. And we love you and we thank you and we honor you for allowing us to have something to give to you because it's an honor to give to you. And that's exactly what we would do because we see it tithing as honor. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, somebody say, well, pastor, where do you get this honor thing from? Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, honor the Lord with your wealth. It says, and when you do, your barns will be filled and overflowing. Now, listen, it's great to have a barn, right? It'd be wonderful to have a barn, but nobody wants an empty barn. You want your barn to be full and overflowing. So when you present your tithe to the Lord with honor, that is the promise that's attached to it. it is, in fact, we talked about this, that when we talk about tithing and, and, and things like that, it's the one place in the Bible where you find that God says, prove me. He said, go ahead and try me, test me out and see if you don't do your part, if I won't do my part. And you know, everybody reads that from Malachi where he talks about he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You know, and we say all the time at Fellowship of Champions, he's not talking about raining bags of money out of heaven. He's not dropping cars and houses and boats and planes out of heaven. First of all, that's dangerous, uh, right? <laughs> but he's not doing all of that. What he is doing, though, is giving us wisdom and insight in order to walk out the path and the destiny that he has for our life. And that is better than any material possession. Amen. And so make sure that you understand that and you're working uh, with that and through that, because we know that tithing is all about honor. It is all about honor. So let's look at number four. So number three, we said that we present our tithes to Jesus. Number four, we give our tithes in faith. Oh, man, I can't say enough about this. We give our tithe in faith. Listen, if you don't believe this, but you're just doing it out of obligation. You're doing it because you're still uh, terrified that something bad is going to happen to you if you don't do it, if you don't, if you miss a tithe. And listen, I used to be uh, very religious with this, you know, like if I didn't, if I didn't pay my tithe on, on, on a Sunday, because uh, I didn't go to church and I felt like I wasn't going to get blessed. And, and it was all this legalistic stuff. But then I realized, no, no, no. When I tithe, I'm honoring God, but then I'm also tithing in faith. I am tithing in faith. Why? Because the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6 that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So then that means to me, I can't even tithe correctly unless I'm tithing in faith. What am I tithing in faith for? For all of the promises that God said was attached to my obedience when I tithe. He promises a litany of things that would happen and it would be available to me. And so when I tithe in faith, I can have an expectation that what God has said is true. In fact, you can go ahead and type that in the comment section. Say, when I tithe in faith, I can believe what God says is true. When I tithe in faith, I can believe what God says is true. 
Why? Because he makes, because the Bible says that if God makes a promise, he would have to cease from being God if, if that promise didn't come to pass. And we know that that's not happening. God is going to be God. He's always going to be God. And so we have to learn to tithe in faith. Do it when you tithe, believing that God will do the things he said, like rebuke the devourer for your sakes, Malachi 3 and 11, and that he will open up the windows of heaven over your life, giving you wisdom, insight, and understanding for everything you need, both naturally and spiritually. That's Malachi 3.10. Listen, if you aren't tithing faithfully, then your priorities are in the wrong place. Your priorities are in the natural realm instead of the spiritual realm. When you tithe, you can't be thinking, oh, this is going to be a loss for me. The Bible says that God is, is, is unwilling to do without a quick prompt to do giver whose heart is in his giving. So if God says he's unwilling to do without me and I make sure that my heart is in my giving, I'm honoring God when I give. If I make sure that I'm being obedient in, in who I give to and what I give to, then God is unwilling to do without me. That means that whatever it is that, that God needs to get into my life, he has a mechanism for doing it. it can, my tithe connects me to the mechanism for me to live my best life. So number four, we give our tithe in faith. Listen, I told you this and I've said it once before. Pastor Sean said it for over 21 years. I am telling you, as I sit here today, God has not failed us once. God has not failed us once. Every time we step out to do what God has asked us to do, even when it seems scary, even when we didn't know how to do it, even when we had to end up taking 10 steps, but all he gave us was the first step. Every time we've obeyed God, God has shown up for us. I can't make you believe what is in my life. All I can tell you is what I've done and what's worked for me. And what has worked for me in the last 21 years is every time I've honored God where my resources was concerned, when I needed something, he's shown up. He's shown up every single time. And our ministry has been the same way. While we are not 5,000 people and you know our names aren't known all over the world and, and, and we don't have hundreds of thousands of people who visit us every week, what we do have is everything we need. What we do have is a ministry that is absolutely 100% hear me tonight, debt free. We are 100% debt free. We are able to give $10,000 scholarships to every graduating senior from our ministry. We are able to give additional scholarships through the James A. Young Memorial Scholarship to people who don't go to our church. Why? Because every time we've needed something, God has given us a means or a mechanism to get those resources into our ministry. Why? Because we believe that if you honor God with your tithe and you tithe in faith, God is unwilling to do without you. Somebody ought to put that in the comment section. Say, God is unwilling to do without me. Praise God. Listen, I saw a couple of angry faces, but that's okay. We blessed. You mad, but we blessed. Listen, we understand something. You can't talk us out of this. You can't talk us out of this. Why? Because we have tried it. We have tried it and we've seen it work in our lives. Number five, we tithe using words. We tithe using words. What do you mean by that, Pastor Edwin? We tithe using words. 
Deuteronomy 26, verse 2 and 3 says this. It says, take some of the first fruit and say to the priest. It says, and say to the priest. Say to the priest what? You, You say to the priest what you need, what you're believing for. Who is our priest? We don't have a natural high priest. Who is our high priest? We said this earlier. Jesus Christ is our high priest. So if you approach tithing as a matter of the heart, rather than just throwing money at the offering plate, you not only begin to see it as an act of honor and worship, but an act of faith, as we just explained. We know that our words are activators of our faith. We've done so much teaching on that. I don't have time to go through all that, but we know that our words are activators of our faith. That's why we watch what we say. It's why we say what God says. So we use our words when we tithe. We tithe not only our money, but we tithe our words. We make sure we are saying what God has said. Part of the act of faith is that we tithe using our faith. What do I mean by that? In the old covenant, God's people would place their tithe or their first fruits of their increase in a basket. And according to Deuteronomy 26 and 3, they were presented to the high priest and they would say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. And then they spoke their redemption. They spoke what it is God had said he was going to do for them. They spoke what they were believing for. They spoke what their expectation was. They spoke what God had promised. So today, Jesus Christ is our high priest. So when we present our tithe to him, we should do so with our words, declaring the tithing benefits and the protections. That is the reason that when Pastor Sean and I and other people in our ministry who understand this, when they give their tithe, sometimes even in the memo note, they'll they'll, they'll type in the memo note what they're believing for. They'll type in the memo note what they're thankful for. Uh, we've seen people who 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 tithe and in their tithe, they say, hey, I'm believing for healing or I'm believing for restoration of a relationship. Or I'm believing for a new job. Somebody says, well, well, they're paying. You can't pay for those things. No one said they were paying for it. They are honoring God with their heart. And then they're using their words to activate their faith in the promises that God has made to them. And so you have to understand my words are just as important as my money. My words are just maybe even more so important. They need to be tied together, but my words and my money must go together. That's the reason I cannot tie and then turn around and say, well, I know I ain't gonna never have nothing. I know this tithing thing don't work, but I'm gonna give because I don't want God striking me down. And I've heard people say things like that. Listen, that is not beneficial. If you're gonna be a tither, then you gotta have your faith tied to it. And part of having your faith tied to it is making sure you're speaking the right words, right? All right. Number six, tithing, which is kind of, I kind of said this earlier, tithing protects the other 90%. (laughs) Tithing protects the other 90%. It's a whole lot of people who say things like this. I can't afford to tithe. Well, they're right. The reason they can't afford to tithe is because they won't tithe. But if you would tithe, God would do and get involved in your life and he would do more with the 90% than you are doing with the 100. The Bible says, and I read that we, we talked about this earlier, Malachi 3 and 11, where he says, 
I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Talking about the enemy. He says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. God makes a promise that when you come into covenant with him, where the tithe is concerned, there are some things that he will do on your behalf that you don't even have to do. What does that mean, pastor? It means that when I make a commitment to God and I give 10% of my hundred to God, then what happens is God then protects my 90%. Not only does God protect my 90%, watch this, he'll expand my 90%. I've seen God in my personal life take my 90% and make it as valuable as 150%. He's done more for me in my life with, when, I had, when I kept the 90 and gave him the 10 than I've ever been able to do all of those years. I was robbing God and keeping the 100. Some of you, you would break out of your financial disparity if you would just learn to trust God. If you would just learn to trust God, if you would try him, if you would prove him. And people don't always like a message like this because they say, well, he's just saying that because he wants to get your money. No, no, no. I'm like the Apostle Paul. I am that a gift would abound to your account. I want to see you blessed. Let me say it like this. I want to see you rich. I want to see you wealthy. I want to see your generations never have to have lack, never have to have insufficiency. But it is impossible for that to happen to you if you say, I am going to live in God's system. But then you say, I'm not going to do it God's way. Can you imagine being a part of a family or a group and the group says, hey, here is our norms. Here is how we do things. Here is how we govern ourselves. And you say, well, I want to be in the group, but I'm not going to do things your way. I give you a prime example. In, in, in Camp Strict, in our family, one of the things that no one gets to say to anyone, especially without someone redirecting them, is the word shut up. Now, somebody says, well, that's not a big deal, but it's our family norm. It's been our family norm before we had kids, and it's been our family norm now that we have an almost 26-year-old and almost uh, a 15-year-old. And, 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 and all five of the kids, we don't get to say shut up. You cannot say shut up to, to anybody in this family. So even when people come to our house and they say shut up, they'll get five to seven voices say, hey, you can't say that here. Why? Because that's the norm. That's how our kingdom works. And if you want to stay in our house and you want to be friends with us and you want to come over here, baby, you got to get with the kingdom. Because if you don't, you're going to get expelled outside the kingdom because that doesn't work here. Now, praise be to God. He doesn't expel you out of the kingdom. What you do is you remove yourself, though, from the process he has in place where blessings flow. Does that make sense? That is what's happening when you don't participate in the tithe and when your offerings are being withheld. Amen. So a lot of people say things like, I can't afford to tithe, you know, or, and then they say, well, if I had, if I won the lotto, uh, I, I will be a tither. Listen, can I tell you something real quick tonight before we get to the next point? If you won't give God a dollar of your $10, ain't no way you coming off a hundred thousand dollars when you get a million. 
Ain't no way you write no check for $100,000. Why? Because it's not about money. You ain't a tither when you got $10. You're not going to be a tither when you have a million dollars. You're just not a tither. A tither ties no matter what they have. That's why I tithe when I didn't make but $30,000 a year. But that's why I tithe when I made $150,000 a year. I tithe all in between. Why? I tithe no matter what. If I made $10 million a year, a million of it is going to my tithe and probably another million going to go to my tithe and offerings. I mean, to my offerings and my sowing. Why? Because I'm a tither. I'm a giver. And so you can ask yourself that. Don't fool yourself into thinking that if you had more money, you would, you, you would tithe more. No, you wouldn't. Because, because the, the number you would have to come off of increases as your uh, money increases. But here's what I know. God has proven to be faithful in protecting my 90%. Amen? Number seven, tithing is the only area where God says, prove me. I've said this many times before. You can go through your Bible. You can look and see. But tithing is the only area where God says, prove me. We talked about this in Malachi 3.10. He says, try it. Let me prove it to you. That's what he says in the New Living Translation. He says, try it. Try what? Try tithing. Why? So I can prove to you that it works. And so 21 years ago, that was the challenge that my wife and I stood on. We say, you know what? Either we're going to believe God and he's going to see us through, or we're going to find out 100% that this stuff don't work. And let me tell you something. It works. And it has worked every single time for the last 21 years. Tithing is the area, the only area where God says, listen, I know it's difficult for you to wrap your natural mind around coming off of something you deem valuable, that you can tangibly touch that I will give you something that you can't touch, something intangible that will cause you to increase in the tangible realm. But that's just how good God is. You give him something that's tangible to you. He then bestows wisdom and, 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 and knowledge and information and witty ideas and all kinds of things back into you. And if you obey him and see those things through, they then cause more tangible things to come into your life. God is a good God like that. And that is the reason that we know without a doubt that tithing works. We've seen him do it. We've seen him not only do it where material things are concerned, but years ago, we told the story and my wife does a much better job than me, so I won't tell it. But years and years ago, the Lord asked us to sow a substantial seed when we were believing for the restoration of our daughter, Jordan. And many of you have heard Jordan's story. Listen, we sold at that time, which was the biggest seed we ever sown. And we'd have sown more if we'd have had it. But God asked us for an amount. My wife and I both heard it. We agreed on it. We did it in faith. And we thanked God for it the entire time. But we also kept doing all of the natural things he told us to do in the process. And now we have a daughter who literally, when she was so young, they couldn't even test her for a disability because they couldn't understand her language. It was so delayed and so bad. And they couldn't even test her cognitive abilities to know whether there was something functionally wrong with her brain. But now today, not only does she speak and do all of those things as a 10th grader, she made straight A's last semester. She's got straight A's this semester with one exception. She's got a, she got a high B in French right now, but here's a kid who couldn't speak. And now she got an A the first semester in French and a B this semester and working toward an A. You can't tell me or talk me out of what God won't do when you prove him. 
Some of y'all just need to take the opportunity to prove God. Say, God, I'm going to take the opportunity to prove you. And when you do, you'll see that God is big enough. And I say it like this, bad enough to stand by his word. Amen. Number eight, let's finish up. Tithing is our covenant connection. Tithing is our covenant connection. The Bible says in Joshua chapter seven, verse 11 through verse 12, it says, they have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. Now notice he commanded them to keep this covenant. He said, but they violated it. How did they violate it? They have taken some of the devoted things. Your tithe is a devoted thing. It says they have stolen, they have lied, they have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. Notice in this, if, if you read this, you find out that there was some instruction given to them that there were certain things that they were not supposed to take possession of. But because they looked at them and they saw them as valuable, they saw a lot of worth in them, they took them and mixed it with their own possession. And he says, listen, I have made a covenant with you. My covenant was that I was going to protect you. I was going to keep you, but you didn't trust me enough. So you saw another resource and you put your trust in that resource by disobeying what I commanded you to do. That is exactly what people do when they keep the 10%. They say, okay, I got this covenant with God. God loves me. He's my Lord and savior. He's, you know, and, and most people, most of the time, they really just mean he's my savior because I don't want to go to hell. He's not really my Lord because I don't want to obey him, but they say he's my Lord and savior. And then what they say is, well, God told me to, to tithe, but you know, I can't be tithing. I got to keep this 10%. And he says, listen, you now have violated the covenant that we had. How? Because you stole it. You've taken the devoted thing, you've lied, and now you put the tithe with your own possession. And by putting the tithe with your own possession, thinking it was going to make you have more, you end up actually coming out on the short end of the stick. Listen, I can't tell you about anybody else's life, but I can tell you about mine. And I can tell you that when I when when I, when I was a when I was a nun tither, and I used to always say, "Well, I'm a tithe next week. I'm a tithe next week." And then I'd be like, "Well, you know what? I I really can't afford to tithe this week. I got to hold on to that." Then all of a sudden, my refrigerator go out. All of a sudden, I got to blow out on my car. All of a sudden, I got to buy some more shoes. I got to do something. And before you know it, now I'm negative and it's cost me more than if I had just tithed. Why? Because when I don't tithe, I don't have the protection or the promise that he will rebuke the devourer for my sake. Listen, my wife and I, we laugh all the time. We had this white expedition and, and Ralph noticed. We had, we, listen, we rode the wheels off that thing. You hear me? And that thing would get ready to start acting up sometime and we would lay hands on the dashboard. And we say, we declare in Jesus name, you are on kingdom assignment. You will not break down. You will not tear up. You will operate in a divine nature. We declare supernatural uh, provision be up on you mechanically. We drove that car 330,000 plus miles until it was time to get a new one. And the only reason we got a new one in is because we we, we was driving and the windows just randomly went down. <laughs> we, we didn't know we didn't know what happened. It just randomly went down. And we got ready to, to roll them up and we couldn't. And we took it to the dealership and the dealership said, man, listen. 
He said, this car is so old. They was bringing people out to look at how many miles was on that car. Because we drove that thing back and forth between Fed, between Springdale and Conway so many years, so many times. They said, look, if we open this thing up, we don't know whether or not it's just the dirt holding everything together. <laughs> that, that's how old that thing was. And, and the Lord said, it's time. Get a new car. And we said, all right, Lord, if you say it's time. And it was so interesting because right then that day, they were having a 0% interest on brand new cars. I'm telling you, when you tie God, will put, he will sustain you. He will provide you. He will do whatever you need done until you can do what it is that he's telling you to do next. Listen, tithing is about honor. Tithing is about worship. Tithing is about faith. And you don't have to let folk talk you out of it because most of the folks trying to talk you out of it, they ain't doing better than what you are anyway. Trust me, they are not. They may look like it, but listen, they one paycheck away from disaster. They, 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 they one job layoff from disaster. But we have seen people who did not have jobs and God has sustained them. Why? Because they had seed in the ground. They had seed in the ground. So we don't care about the naysayers over here at Fellowship of Champions. We teach what the word says. And for all of us who choose to believe the word, we live the supernatural life. Amen. Go ahead and put that in the comment section as we go to number nine. Say, I live the supernatural life of a tither. I live the supernatural life of a tither. Oh, yeah, that's making the devil mad. He mad. Why? Because if you he understands that if you get this thing down, he can't mess with you in the financial realm. And if he can't put pressure on you in the financial realm, that's that, that that's the that's the linchpin for your radical obedience. Because you're like, wait a minute, if I can obey God where my money's concerned, I can obey God about everything else. It's the linchpin for you to start living in radical obedience. And we've said it many, many times 2021. Praise God is the year of radical obedience for fellowship of champions, her partners and everybody connected to us. Amen. Radical obedience. Let's look at number nine. Number nine, God created the tithe for our benefit. Well, that makes natural sense. God doesn't need our money. Uh, People say, well, why do we give then? Well, we just spent the last eight points telling you that. <laughs> Praise God. We just told you why. But God doesn't need your money. You need God to accept it. Why? Because it's your act of honor. It's your act of worship. Um, when, when you honor God with the tithe, it connects you uh, to the pathways of the blessings that he has already made available through the time. So the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, honor the Lord with your substance. Watch this. So shall your barns be filled with plenty. See, we're talking about them barns again. It's great to have barns, but you want them to be overflowing. You want them to be filled with plenty. Why? Because number one, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I say this all the time, and I never mean it to be disrespectful, but it's the truth. Broke people can't help nobody. You understand what I'm saying? Broke people, broke people may have a good heart, but they can't be a blessing to you. Can't bless somebody with groceries when you don't have groceries. So God says, "Listen, I need you to connect with this system I got, so that I can cause increase and blessings to come into you, so that not only you have all that you need, but your barns are overflowing. So that when I need you to be a blessing to someone else, you have it to be a blessing. That's right. This is the year of release." 
as part of the year release, we know that we talk about it may be difficult to begin that sowing process at first. It may be difficult to make the decision to be a tither. The Bible says we may go out with tears, but we're going to come again with rejoicing and we're going to have arm loads of blessings armloads of blessings. We're going to be, our, our barns are going to be filled. See, understand when we talk about tithing, tithing isn't really the act of sowing. Tithing is giving back to God what belongs to him. That's important because some people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm a tither. Well, we explain to you that what tithing looks like and what tithing is. If you're just giving God a tip every now and then, that's not tithing. Tithing, it says, hey, I'm going to honor God with the 10% of my sustenance. I'm going to give that to God, whether you give it every week, every month, every quarter, once a year, whatever. I'm going to honor God with that full 10%. And then after that, he, I'm still open that he can direct me where I need to give. The great thing about that is you also get to play a part in how you prosper. Because once I did my tithe, that I, I'm just, and I don't call it paying, I said giving because I don't pay tithe, I give because it's an honor to give. And here's the thing, when if, if, if there's somebody in your life and you know that you value them, you honor them, the way you give them something is different uh, than if you just, just had to give somebody something your heart wasn't in it. You know, today is our son's 21st birthday. You know, we took the time to think about his gifts, to buy his gifts, to think about what he wanted, how we were going to give it to him. The presentation was just as important as the gift itself. So when it comes to my tithe, I'm not throwing money at the offering plate. I'm not saying, dang, I got to give again this week. Dang, the church always asking me to help sow into somebody's life, be a blessing to somebody else. No, at our church, we call it our opportunity for prosperity. We don't even call it really giving. We say it's our opportunity for prosperity. Why? Because every time we give, it's an opportunity for us to prosper. So God created the tithe for our benefit. Tithing is the most foundational part of prosperity, kingdom prosperity. It is the most important part of kingdom prosperity. If you will be a tither, it is the foundation that sets you up for success. God, God reinvests our tithe back into us for our benefit. You know, uh, if you're in the stock market and you put money in the market, you want the market to trend in such a way that you have a return. Well, God, I'm telling you, it's better than the stock market. I'm not saying that they're the same thing. I'm trying to give you an illustration. God says, hey, I'm going to give you the strength to go out and, and, and get these resources. I don't want all of it. I just want you to give me 10%. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the 10%. Not only am I going to give the 10% back to you, but I'm going to multiply it and give you some benefits. Now, that is a wonderful prosperity plan. And that is the reason that you can't talk people out of this when they have practiced it. I want you to practice it so people can't talk you out of it. Because that's what we teach and that's what we believe at Fellowship of Champions. Every time we give, it's our opportunity for prosperity. And then lastly, number 10, I got eight minutes. Lastly, number 10, tithing opens the door to the blessing. That's what I was just talking about. Tithing opens the door to the blessing. You don't know because you ain't tried it. 
But if you stride him, you know it to be true. Listen, I got in my, my Thompson Chain Reference Bible. There's so many different scriptures in my Thompson Chain Reference Bible where you will see a, a blue or black pen mark, and it says tried and true. Anytime I had to believe God for a promise and, and, and he's come through for me in my Thompson Chain Reference, it's all beat up. I don't care as much that more, but it's my, it's, it's my Thompson. I love it. It says tried and true. When it comes to Malachi 3, 10 and 11, it says tried and true. When it comes to healing and deliverance, all those scriptures, tried and true. Listen, some of you need to try Jesus. Yeah, you need to try Jesus. Some of y'all be singing that song talking about uh, try Jesus, don't try me. You need to try Jesus. <laughs> you need to try him. You need to prove him because I'm telling you, God is faithful over his word. He is faithful to perform it. So number 10 says tithing opens the door to the blessing. How do you know? Deuteronomy 26 and 11. He says, then you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given you or giving to you in your household. So once I become a tither, once I honor God and begin to operate according to his system, he says, then you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and to your household. Listen, I am telling you 2021, it is the year of supernatural release for FOC and its partners, but you have got to participate in the process. You've got to sow and you've got to try and believe Jesus. Listen, remember the man who said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. That may be where you are right now. You may be like, Lord, I believe what Pastor Edwin saying. I believe what Pastor Shun is saying. I believe what Pastor Raph is saying. I, I read the scriptures. I believe it. But Lord, I, I, I'm scared. Help my unbelief. He will help you. But you know how you stop being scared of something? You go through it. People say, oh, my gosh, I'm so scared to bungee jump. You know how you, know how you get over, over being afraid to bungee jump? You bungee jump. Oh my God, I'm so afraid to be on an airplane. You know how you get how you get over being afraid of being on an airplane? You get on an airplane. Listen, my wife and I, we call it choke level. At some point in your walk with God, you're going to experience what is known as choke level. And if you don't pass the test, you will see that test again. You will see it over and over and over, and you will not progress to the next level until you pass it. So you might as well go ahead today, tonight, this weekend, whenever it is, you need to go ahead and make the decision, I am going to pass this tithing test. I know you're scared. I know you're afraid, but God has never let you down. You got testimonies you can pull from. Has God ever brought you through? Has God ever done anything for you? Have you ever asked God to come through and he showed up for you? Well, listen, what makes you think he won't do it this time? What makes you think he won't do it where your money is concerned? You're the most valuable thing to God. He sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. If he sent Jesus to die for you so he could save your spirit, spirit man, so that you wouldn't spend eternity in hell, but you could spend it with him in, in, in paradise. You don't think he'll give you a few dollars? 
You don't think he'll he'll make a way to get you the to get you the house? You don't think he'll make the way for you to go back to school? You don't think he'll make the way to pay for your kids' education? You don't think he'll make the way for you to have groceries? You don't think he'll be able to pay for a cell phone bill? Listen, some of you out there right now, you have been sustained during this pandemic because there were people who believed in the tithe. And because they believed in the tithe, they gave to this ministry. And then this ministry became a blessing to you. And now that you're back on your feet, now that things are going good, now that you got your stimmy, don't rob God. Listen, get, get a hold of this teaching and say, I don't care what my family says. I don't care what the naysayer says. Man, I don't even care what my own brain is thinking. I'm about to try God. I'm about to try. Listen, I tell people all the time, if you broke now and you're not tithing, what do you have to lose? Think about it. You say, well, if I tithe, I'm going to be broke. But you say you broke now. You say you don't have enough. Listen, God is never going to leave you. The Bible says that God gives bread. He, he gives seed to the sower and he gives bread for the sower to eat. God knows what you have need of. He knows what you have need of. And so listen, if you, if, if you, if you, if you, this is your first time, I encourage you to go back and listen to part one. I encourage you to go back and listen to part two. I encourage you to listen to part three again. Why do we spend three weeks on, on teaching about tithing and offering? Is it because we want something from you? No, it's because I didn't plan my time very well and I talked way too long. <laughs> but secondly, it's because we want you to hear truth. We want you to know truth. The Bible says that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And I'm telling you, some of you will be made free in the area of your finances if you will learn to trust God, honor him with the tithe, see it as an act of worship, mix your words when you tithe, have faith-filled words, Call God into remembrance of all of the promises that he has made. And if you don't know what those promises are, search the scripture. Become a student of the word. We say here at Fellowship of Champions all the time, we love the word. Amen. And so I love you guys. Thank you for joining us tonight. For those of you that hung in the whole time, even the angry people, I hope that you heard something that changed your life. Why I say that? Because we're going to be blessed regardless. Your anger doesn't make us change. We are solidified in the things that God has promised us, and it's just who we are. You can't talk us out of it. You can't talk us out of it. We done seen God come through too many times and be way too faithful in too many areas. But we're praying for you. Because we know that if you get this revelation and you begin to participate in it, you can be mad today, but you can be blessed tomorrow because we know that the word works for everybody who works the word. Let me do this real quick and tell you about our announcements, all right? Listen, tonight is Wednesday night. And so tomorrow night, Thursday night, uh, we have Ignite coming up. Uh, you can join if you have a team who wants to be involved with Ignite. All you got to do is go to www.focchurch.com, get them plugged in. 
and they will be with other people their age learning about the things of God. You got access to Victory Zone. Uh, Victory Zone has started a new series. They were talking about emotions, but they've now started a whole brand new series. And listen, it, it, even if you haven't uh, heard uh, the, the, the new uh, Victory Zone series called Upward, listen, you need to go and be a part of that. Uh, they were talking about emotions. If you missed that, get your kids on that. You know, and some of you adults, y'all need to watch it. And then you need to check out the new on-demand series for Victory Zone uh, called Upward. It's going to be a blessing. It's about how kids can keep their eyes on Jesus. And that's so important during this time because there's so many other things vying for their attention, right? Listen, after that, Friday morning, you know what time it is. Friday morning, 6.30 a.m. What a champion's at. They show up at 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. And we got some champion champions who show up at 4.30 because <laughs> they are on West Coast time, Pacific time, and they show up faithfully. So join us every Friday morning for Champion Circle at 6.30 a.m. Uh, it's a power pack time. And I got to tell you guys, it's awesome. We end up having more people on Friday morning prayer sometimes than we do on Tuesday. But I got to give y'all a shout out. It was about 80 of y'all who showed up yet, who showed up last night on the various platforms. It was about 80 of y'all and it was about 60 shares. So I appreciate that. So uh, show up on Friday morning. Let's try to break 100 again uh, live. We always get over that replay, but let's try to get 100 live. Set your alarm. Get up. You got to go to work and stuff anyway. Uh, if you're riding, if you're exercising, you're on your Peloton or treadmill, hey, put us in, 6.30 a.m. And then Saturday, hey, supposed to be nice weather. Get a break. Get out there. See your friends and family. Get rejuvenated. And then join us at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning at Kristen Valley Worship. Join us. Her and her husband, Elder Valley, will be leading us into praise and worship. They will be tilling up the ground. I love how every Sunday, at least one song, at least one song she will sing that absolutely ties into what we're speaking about, which I think is so awesome because we don't pick the songs. Pastor Sean and I had give Chris full reign to do that, but she hears Holy Spirit and, and she's just so in tune and she's such a talent, her and her husband. So join us at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday morning worship. And then right after that, she'll direct you. She'll tell you, hey, we got about five minutes. That's enough time for you to get some coffee, some more fruit, uh, some cereal, whatever you got to do. Uh, and then you can join us Sunday morning uh, for service at 10 a.m. In, in any place you're seeing this right now, that's where you can see us on Sunday, whether it's on uh, YouTube, whether it's on our Facebook page, in our virtual group, in our FOC uh, in-house group, if it's on my page, Pastor Sean page, Ralph page, Christian page. Listen, if you want to find us, <laughs> praise God, you can find us. Amen. We'll be there Sunday morning and we hope to see you there. And then comes back next week uh, with Strategies for Success. My beautiful wife, Pastor Sean Strickland, she does Strategy for Success on Monday at 12 noon and then back to Tuesday night prayer at 8 p.m. And then next week, right back here, same bat time, same bat station, Wednesday night Bible study, a.k.a. 
new partnership class. We got about six more weeks to go uh, to get all of this great teaching to you. Hey, and let me just say, we've had about 10 or 15 new virtual partners. So clap for them. Shout out to them. If you're a new virtual partner you can, and you're here tonight, go ahead and put that in the comment section. You can just be like, yo, I'm, I'm a new virtual partner. I sent out all of the emails. I welcomed everybody, told them how they could join the group. Uh, I was a little delayed because Hey, I was on vacation, and so praise God. You were still a virtual partner, you but you got your welcome letter now, and we thank God for you, all right? All right, it's 9.04, and I am out. God bless you. I love you. Have an absolutely amazing rest of your week, and join us Friday morning, 6.30 a.m. for the Champion Circle. God bless.